0: Thank you, Pastor John. It is good to be here again. I thank you for the privilege of coming. I'd like to read from John chapter 15. Think about eight verses. And I'm going to read this, and you're welcome to follow along in in your translation. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to reference this scripture until I get almost to the end of my sermon so don't accuse me of reading this, the scripture and departing therefrom, okay? I, I'm actually going to come back. And and this scripture does set the tone uh, for what I uh, would like to share with you this morning. So here it is, John chapter 15. I am the vine, the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Well, there's a story about an elderly manor. In one of the coastal communities, it may be fact, it may be fiction. I'm not sure. But here's the story. A vacationer was visiting the town and started a conversation with this elderly man. And he says, I hear there have been a lot of changes in this village over the past several years. Yeah, the man said, and I've been again every one of them. Well, our elderly gentleman was not really that different than most people. Mark Twain said that the only person who likes change is a wet baby. I'm sure you've heard that one before. Now, I'm a parent, and I'm a grandparent. And so I want to say to Mark Twain that I'm not so sure he's right. Because my experience with little babies who are wet, etc. they still don't like to be changed. They fight you, you know what I mean? I think you probably do. Well, how about you? Do you welcome or do you resist change? Do you welcome or do you resist change? I remember talking with a district superintendent here in the New England district some time ago, Neil McLean, some of you know him and or knew him. He's with Jesus now, but he said something like this to me. He said, "Truth is, Kim, most people resist change unless it's their own idea." Hmm. Well, I think he was right. How about you? Now, recently, a pastor who is new to his church wanted me to work with him and a vision team in that local church. But the church board, uh, the leadership down there said, no, they didn't, they they're they paying him. They didn't want to pay me, but well, that's okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, they weren't open to it. But he, he still asked me if I could help him out. I said, well, sure, we can have a coaching relationship. I had worked with him in Maine. He's in Florida now. So uh, he asked me if I'd coach him. So our very first conversation, which is about a month ago, He told me uh, about an older gentleman in his church. Now, this one is a true story. Uh, This older gentleman, now, this pastor is about 50, so he's not a kid. And this older gentleman is probably in his 80s. And he says to the new pastor, he says, I've been in this church for longer than you've been born, and you can't teach me anything. Just do what we've always been doing and everything will be fine. Now, let me add to that story that this church has been in decline for 15 years. And this older gentleman says, just do what we've always been doing and everything will be fine. He wasn't looking at the facts very well, was he? Well, yesterday, I... Read something. I had a message already, but it, I went. I went on to a site, Exponent Group, which probably you folks don't know. A couple of you might, but I went on the site and I. I, I read something, and and it was a quote. And I said, I, I gotta, I gotta share that tomorrow. It, it's a quote from the foreword of Brian Zahn's book, Sinners in the Hands of a Loving God. Okay, and here's the quote. If transformation is by the renewal of the mind, and I have never changed my mind, then be assured I am actively resisting the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. Everyone grows and changes. You think that's true? Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the truth. Change is everywhere. It's everywhere. Some of it's good, and some of it's not so good we understand that, but it's there. You can't get away from it. Several years ago, many of us heard John Maxwell say, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. Now, I've already disagreed with Mark Twain. Now I'm going to disagree with John Maxwell. Okay? So you're probably thinking, who's this guy think he is?" But Here's here's what I believe. I'm not saying that wasn't true several years ago, because maybe it was, but I don't think it's true anymore. Because here's what I think. If we always do what we've always done, we're going to get diminishing returns. That's what I believe now. Okay? Uh, For example, and, and this is simple stuff, I mean, you're good. If you don't agree with me, I'm, I'm gonna have. I want to talk to you later and, and 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 see how you could possibly disagree. But here it is. How many of you, you know, uh, well, uh, let me say it a different way. What if you refused to use email and texting and said all I'm gonna do is write letters? What do you think? What do you think would happen if you have a business and you thought like that? What would you think if your pastor thought like that? I don't think you have to ask him that when, whoever you're interviewing, you don't have to ask him that question. But how about refusing to use cell phones? All you're going to do is, is use landlines. You refuse to use cell phones. Just landlines. All right? Now, I admit sometimes some of us would say we'd like to throw a cell phone away. But the truth is we're not going to do it. I mean, cell phones let us do a lot of things. I, I listen to books as I'm driving around because of a cell phone. I uh, look things up. can figure them out real fast because of cell phones. You know, I don't want to go back to the landline. And those are just obvious changes. Well, today's text, a second one that I want to read, is from the Gospel of Luke. And... Change is being, is being proposed in this text. It's Luke 13. It's a very short parable. Verses 6 through 9. Luke 13, verses 6 through 9. So Jesus speaks this parable. Here's what he says. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but he did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. And I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Okay, so there it is. We have this owner of the vineyard, he says to the manager, hey, cut it down, it's not, it's not bearing any fruit, just, just cut it down. Now, my experience tells me this, that most churches, yours might be an exception, but most churches have some things that need, they need to cut down, that they need to stop, that they need to end. However, I must say it's often wise to give them one more year to be sure that the right decision is being made. Now, my good friend John knows that when I was younger, I wouldn't have said that. I would have just said, cut the thing down. <laughs> but there's wisdom in waiting before you cut things down. Now, personally, I'm, I'm a mixture of encouraging change and what... Strength Finders calls a maximizer. It's my number one gift. So a maximizer likes to make you know get the most out of things. Alright? So what what I find often in my life is, is I'm conflicted. Because at one level, I like change, and so hey, if something's not working, just cut it down. And the other side of it is well, you know, maybe if we just make a few changes and adaptations and this and that, it's going to do well. Well, that kind of, like I said, it causes conflict in my own in my own head and sometimes even in my own gut, but that's, that's what I work with. And you're a person who tends to want to hold on to things and preserve them, or maybe you're a person that tends to want to change things fast, but... You're on, you're on that uh, line somewhere, right? We're all there. Well, even with that tension, I still have a saying that I really like, and it's this. If the horse is dead, dismount. <laughs> huh? I guess you like that one, too. Okay. Well, in in 2016, I was wrapping up my pastoral ministry in in Beverly Mass and planning to enter a new chapter of ministry that would require lots of travel. Our 2002 prism had lots of miles on it, and it needed about $2,000 worth of work. It was worth $1,500 on the books. I needed a dependable car to do my work. So it was an easy decision. I cut the tree down. I got rid of the car, okay? Now, my goal was not a new car. I I knew that I would never hit my goal, however, if I didn't have good transportation. So I cut the tree down, I got myself a new car. Now you, as a local church, you don't need a new car, but you are seeking something new. You're actually seeking someone new, a new pastor. Now, aren't you glad I told you that? I bet you didn't know that. <laughs> huh? That's pretty good, huh? Well, in that search, you're seeking certain qualities. You have certain hopes and dreams, and, and that's normal. That's, that's even good. Now, here's what I know about your pastor. Did I say no? Yeah, here's what I know about your new pastor. Do I have inside information, you're wondering? No, I don't. I don't. Uh, But here's what I know. He or she will be different than former pastors. We'll have different strengths and weaknesses. We'll see trees that are not bearing fruit. And we'll suggest some changes. And remember, almost nobody likes changes unless it's their idea. You hear where I'm coming from? Recently, uh, Pastor John, your former pastor, your interim pastor, my friend, called me a burr under people's saddle. What do you think of that? That's he said that to me. He actually wrote it in an email. Yeah. Well, he's probably true. It's probably true. And. And maybe I'm being a little bit of a bird today, I don't know. But you see, I have the privilege of working with a lot of churches, and I observe many other churches. And what I observe is that many churches enjoy, or sometimes they just take for granted, how they do things without even asking if what they are doing is actually helping or hindering the kingdom. Now, we all do things in our own lives, in our work life, and in our church life. We all do things that are just, that's this how we do them. You know what? It's not necessarily wrong, but sometimes we're just doing things because that's how we do them. And we, have, and we forget to think about, is that how we ought to be doing them anymore? Well, it happens. Okay. So, when I was looking for a new car, and I think you do this too, I was interested in design and color, but there was something far more important that I needed to be interested in. And you know what that is. It was what was under the hood. What was under the hood? And as you seek to find your new pastor, you have the opportunity to look under the hood. This is a great privilege you have. It's a great opportunity. You can look under the hood. And the hood I'm referencing, of course, is, I hope you realize, is the church. New beginnings, (laughs) not the pastor, but the church. What is God blessing and using to grow disciples and advance his kingdom? That's a good question. What is struggling but just needs fertilizer? What is taking up time and effort without results? What needs to end? What needs to be clarified? What new thing is God calling us to do? You know what? We can ask those questions about ourselves as well as about the church, can't we? And we should once in a while. Don't don't do it every day. You'll go crazy. But once in a while... You know, we check in and, and, and say, you know, God, what, what are you blessing in my life? What, what's helping me really become more like you? And, and, you know, what am I doing that I have to ask? Why in the world am I doing it? Not that it's, not, it's not getting at me or anybody else anywhere. I mean, there's different questions that we can ask. And I guess I should mention John 15 now because, see, that's part of the pruning process, <laughs> That's, that's how God wants to kind of help us check ourselves. Well, these kinds of questions, they need prayer. They need reflection. I think they need discussion with, you know, one or two or three key people in our lives and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And that's what your church leadership is doing uh, under the guidance of the district superintendent is is. They're asking these kinds of questions and praying and reflecting and, and seeking to know, God, what what are you saying to us? Now, depending on the question, let's say now let's just think it's some kind of ministry, we ask we ask these questions and, and we say, Well does it need fertilizer? Or does it need a chainsaw? Or should we maybe just be planting a new tree? Good questions. Now, let's go back to John 15 here. Here's what Jesus said in those first two verses. He said, I'm the vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So these words of Jesus, combined with the parable we've looked at, Tells me a couple things. Let's see if these are kind of what it's saying to you. I don't know. I, you, the church, needs to be open to change, to adjustments, to new things. That's not an easy thing. But I believe that's what the scripture says. And secondly, God is always seeking to refine us, to prune us to make us more like Jesus, to make us better. And we don't have to fear any change that God brings. We don't have to fear it. This is not a self-improvement process. John 15 makes it clear. This is a God-development process. So in verse 5, John 15, Scripture says that we can do nothing apart from him. And if if we try that's a bad idea. <laughs> we can do nothing apart from him. But we didn't read this scripture but it's in there, believe me. It's in the word. All things are possible through him. All things are possible with him. And if God asks us to do something, we don't have to fear. And this isn't in my notes, but, you know, God could ask us to do something and we still might mess it up. But you know what? It's okay. Because God can take anything. And he can work it for good. And that's good news, too. So my encouragement to you this morning, keep your heart open. Keep your mind open to the changes that are likely to take place because there will be some. But expect good things from God. Let me pray with you. Lord Jesus, thank you for the privilege of being here this morning. Thank you for the privilege of looking at your your word. And thank you, Lord, that you don't want us just to stay the same, but you have said that by your spirit you will you will prune and you'll work in our lives to make us make us more and more like you, to make us more and more effective, and as a church family to make us more and more like you and make us more and more effective. So Lord, I want to thank you for this church and for all the ways you're blessing this church family and all the good things you're doing through this church family. I can. I pray, Lord, your continued blessing upon the current ministries of this church as as they follow your leadership. And then, Lord, I pray, as pastors already prayed, that you would bless the leadership in this pastoral search, and you would bless the whole church as as they eventually receive information and receive recommendations, and that you would lead them to the pastor and the pastoral family that you have for this church body. And then, Lord, I would pray your blessing upon the future of this church family as they continue to serve you, to serve one another, to serve this community. I pray, Lord, that you would guide them and bless them and lead them, that you would give them discernment, That they would know, that they would know when it's time to move on from a ministry or an idea. When it's time to fertilize that and, 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 and just make the small adjustments that are needed to make it more effective in the kingdom and that they would know when it's time to do something that's brand new, at least for them. So God, guide them. That's my prayer. Bless them, give them discernment, give them wisdom, and give them the anointing of your Holy Spirit that they might move forward in your power to touch this area for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.